Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com, and welcome to another episode of The John Morris Show. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how to write winning job proposals on Elance, Odesk, and Freelancer.com. So this topic was sparked from the survey that I've recently released for my upcoming course, and I noticed that a lot of the questions centered around writing job proposals. Now, in the course that I'm creating that I'll be releasing on Udemy, I go into this pretty in depth and have a full lesson on how to write winning job proposals, as well as a number of lessons that are really the setup for writing winning job proposals. However, I had so many people asking about this and it's one of those things that can really have a dramatic effect on the success you have because really writing job proposals is the primary activity you end up doing on freelance sites. So if you can get this right, it's something that can really be life-changing in a sense when it comes to the success that you have on freelance sites. So I thought if I could give this to you now, that's something that I definitely wanted to do. So in this podcast episode, I'm going to be sharing with you the five-part formula that I've used and developed to make your proposal immediately stand out so that your proposal actually gets read by potential clients. And in fact, it'll make it stick out so much that it'll be difficult for clients to forget your proposal and to tell you no. It'll almost become like a thorn in their mind that they can't get it out of their head. And while they may look at other freelancers who have a better portfolio, who have better testimonials, higher ratings, etc., your proposal will stick out so much and be so different and be so much better that it makes it really, really hard for clients to say no. So this is something that you especially want to pay attention to if you're new and you don't have those things, the the ratings, the portfolio, the testimonials, etc. This is a way that you can compete and win even if you don't yet have all those things. I'm also going to share the one thing that you should never do when writing a job proposal because it immediately will turn off clients and it will get your proposal thrown in the rejected pile quicker than you can say Elance. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to be sharing in this podcast. Now before I dive into that, I mentioned the course that I'm in the process of of creating that I'll be releasing on Udemy. And in that course, I cover everything really that you need to know A to Z to be able to go on and have success on freelance sites and leverage that success to create your overall business so that you can eventually leave those sites, get clients on your own website or on your own, uh, in, in your own space, uh, and, and use it to dramatically increase the income that you're getting from your web design business. So I'm going to be releasing that course April, May timeframe. 
as soon as I kind of get it, get it all recorded and edited and work out uh, some of the production kinks and all the approval process from Udemy and so forth. Once I get through all that, all that I'll be releasing it. But in the meantime, I wanted to ask uh, for your help because I want to make sure that I'm covering all the bases and I'm answering the actual questions that you have, just like the one I'm going to be answering in this podcast. So as I mentioned, I've created a survey. You can access that survey over at johnmorrisonline.com slash elance, and you can ask me or you can tell me the actual questions that you have that you think should be covered in the course that I'm creating. And I'm going to take those and I'm going to use those to help flesh out the course and cover anything that I may have missed and make sure that I'm answering your actual questions. So again, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash elance and you can take that survey and I would greatly appreciate that. All right, so... Let's go ahead and dive into the answer to, to, to this question. So again, how to write winning job proposals on Elance, Odesk, and Freelancer. So first off, let's talk about what you should never do. The thing that you should never do that I see a lot of freelancers doing is you should never use a script. And by script, I mean something that's written out word for word that you essentially copy and paste into every project that you bid on. Now, this is something that I know, even though I can't see what other people propose, I can't see their proposals, you know that it's a problem if you spend any any amount of time on these freelance sites. And you know that because you can't make it through about 10 job proposals without a client writing right in their proposal make sure you read this entire uh, project description don't just copy and paste some template and send it to me if you do that this will be immediate (laughs) your proposal will be immediately deleted and then put this phrase in your proposal so that I know that you read it if you spent any amount of time on freelancing sites you see that all the time the reason you see that is because it happens to clients all the time. So if you want the quickest and easiest way for you to blend in with everybody else, to tick off a potential client, and make sure you never get the job, use a script. Now if you don't want to do those things and you'd rather get the job, then avoid using a script. The thing about it is clients can sense it immediately no matter how well written it is, and it really ticks them off. And if you think about it, it makes sense. So this is the way I like to think about it. Think of the last time that you read some spam that you got in your email. Now I know most of the time that goes to the spam folder and even the ones that sneak through, most of the time the subject lines are so obvious that we don't even read them. But every now and again, I know I at least get some that'll sneak through that'll actually open. And it takes me about three words starting to read the spam. And it becomes immediately obvious that this is some sort of templated form letter that they've sent out to millions of people trying to trick the most gullible uh, among us. It's something that we as humans have a sense for. We can just sense when something 
is not meant directly for us when it's been templated or scripted. Uh, it just it sticks out to us and we can recognize it immediately. And if you've ever have read any spam recently, you'll know how how quickly it just jumps out to you that this is it's spam, right? That's what your script comes across to potential clients. They can sense it immediately, no matter how well it's written. And then think about it from their, their perspective. Now, when you think about, when you look at it, you might say, well, you know, I'm just trying to be efficient. I'm trying, I know that getting, winning, uh, jobs is a numbers game and I'm just trying to get through the numbers. Well, you're really kind of creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's because you're using a script that you have to get through so many numbers. So again, imagine it from the client's perspective. They're about to drop hundreds or maybe even thousands of dollars on someone and they get someone who sends them a templated script. Doesn't even take the time to write a personal proposal to read their project and give them something customized to their job or their project. Is that someone that you would want to hire? Is that someone that you would have enough trust in to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars on? And if it happened to you, how annoyed would you be by it? Now, I think we all can agree that if it happened to us, we would be pretty annoyed and ticked off by it. And we'd never even consider hiring that person. And we'd probably put them on our do not hire list so that if we ever saw them on a project again, we wouldn't hire them and we'd make sure to avoid them. So that's what you're doing when you use a script. And that's why I say don't ever use a script. Every pro proposal you write should be specific to that project. Now, Again, in the course that I'm creating, I talk about how to do searches correctly, how to set things up so that you can quickly uh, find the best jobs out there and only write the best job uh, proposals for, for the best jobs, the ones you're most likely to win. And I also talk about how many you should be doing each day in order to, to meet the income goals that you're after and so forth. So there's a lot that you can do to set it up so the numbers game is a little bit easier and you can spend more time writing proposals. But regardless, you're going to have a lot more success and have to write a lot less proposals if you actually spend some time writing them. All right, so having covered what not to do, let's talk about what you should do. So again, I use a five-part formula, and so I'm just going to run through each one of these. So the first thing is, instead of focusing on winning the job, you, you want to focus more on starting a conversation. So a lot of times freelancers get so caught up in trying to say the perfect thing in order to, and make the, the perfect bid so that they only have to send one response and that, that immediately clicks with the client and the client hires them. That rarely ever happens. At least in my experience, it, it there it's rarely that it was rare that a client would hire me without having some sort of back and forth conversation. So 
you really want to try to focus on starting a conversation versus trying to write the perfect proposal. There really is no perfect proposal, especially if you're tailoring it properly. Now, starting a conversation has a few key advantages. First off, familiarity breeds liking. So clients are only going to hire someone they know, like, and trust. And familiarity is a big part of creating liking. So the more you interact with someone, the more comfortable with you they become and the more likely they are to like you simply because they're familiar with you. And and so you can think about it just in your regular life. You know, if you had someone that you were looking to hire to say mow your lawn and they both had the exact same competence in terms of actually mowing the lawn and you had one was a good friend of yours and one was someone you didn't know at all who would you be more likely to hire most of us would be more likely to hire a friend because we just know them better and we have we probably trust them more right so starting a conversation the more you can have a back and forth the more familiar with you they will become and the more they'll start to like you and ultimately get closer to hiring you it also creates context for your bid so when you have a back and forth conversation when you actually make your bid there's some context that goes with that it's not just a bid from no from a nobody or somebody they don't have any context around right so again it just it helps them have some sense of who you are and how you interact and so forth and gives them them something to grasp onto other than just the number so it, it it provides volume around that number that if you do it right and if you communicate and are a nice person and you're not mean to them and so forth it'll create some some liking around that number and get them to focus on those things versus just the number alone finally throughout the conversation you can and i encourage you to identify leverage points and what i mean by leverage points is just different things about the way they interact or things that they tell you that you can see are uh, important to them or things that you can latch onto in, in your conversation and in your proposal that will make them trust you more make them like you more will help them to understand your bid more it really can be anything but it's leverage points that you can identify to 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 see how they communicate, how they like to be talked to and so forth that you can use when writing your proposal. All right, so again, the first thing is to focus on starting a conversation. A part of that then is really kind of the next step. So, starting a conversation is kind of the overall strategy. Uh, start a conversation versus write a bid in a vacuum. Bids and vacuums will get rejected much more often and make the numbers game a lot harder. Starting a conversation will increase your chances of getting hired. Now, not everybody's going to hire you, but it'll increase the, the, the chance or likelihood of you getting hired. One way to do that is to then ask questions. So there's a couple reasons why you want to ask questions. First and foremost... It's really for you to test response because there's a lot of clients on 
freelance sites who you will spend a lot of time going through this elaborate bid and proposal and submitting it to them and then you'll never hear back and that project will end and they'll never hire anybody. And so it was probably someone who was testing the waters or wasn't serious or got scared or something. So asking a question to start off or a series of questions that uh, and keeping it short so keeping that first initial context short but asking uh, asking questions will allow you to test response and see if that person is actually going to respond and interact and someone who's serious is going to respond to your questions they may not understand why you're asking the questions you're asking but if they're serious and they're genuinely looking to hire somebody, they're going to answer questions that, you know, that somebody uh, is asking of their project. So, again, you want to just ask questions to test response. You also want to do it so that you can give an accurate bid. So you can learn more about the project. Oftentimes, the projects that you'll find on there are pretty vague. And you're going to need to ask questions in order to really give an accurate bid. So it allows you to give them a number that's more in line with what it is that they want and hopefully what it is that they're thinking. Um, and, and, and through having the conversation, you can hopefully identify where they're at number-wise in their head to give you an idea if A, it's a project you even want to mess with, and then B, if it is, where your number should come in in order to for you to be in a good position. So... Again, helps you to give a more accurate bid. The final thing is it allows you to communicate genuine interest. So again, if you go on a lot of the projects and jobs that are proposed on these sites, you'll notice that a lot of clients on there, they, they're almost angry <laughs> in their, their proposal or their job, the description. They, they, it's almost as if they feel jaded and they've, uh, had so many people just give them template proposals that they're annoyed. So someone who communicates genuine interest is going to stand out dramatically from all the other templated responses that they're getting. So, and that's really what they're after. I mean, at the end of the day, clients, what they really want, here's the big secret for client work. They want somebody who cares. They want somebody who cares close to as much as they do. Uh, and so if you can, A, do that when you're working with your clients, and B, communicate it in your proposals, you'll have a lot greater likelihood of success. All right, so start a conversation, ask questions. Third is be personal. Be a human being. People like other human beings. They don't like hiring brands or they don't like working with robots. So don't be afraid to be personal. And the way to do that is to look for something outside of just the transactional sense that you can latch on to. So an example of a project I was looking at the other day was a project from someone in uh, who lived in Canada. And the, the job description was really short, so that there wasn't much to go on. But I saw that they had submitted it from Canada. So that's something that I immediately latch onto because 
I know people who live in Canada. I have friends that live in Canada. I have coworkers that live in Canada. And so that's something that I would immediately bring up and, you know, ask them where they live in Canada and be, and, and mention, Oh, I have friends that live in Canada. You know, they live in such and such and make that a part of the conversation and make myself human and be personal. It allows you to gauge them in a different way. Again, everybody else is engaging them in a transactional sense. Everybody else is telling them how talented they are, how reliable they are, how quickly they can do their job, etc., etc., etc. That's all they're hearing in every other job proposal that they get. So when you're almost seem disinterested in their in in making a bid on their project and you're just trying to have a conversation, you're asking questions, you're being personal and talking about personal things. It sticks out dramatically in their mind. It's completely different. Okay. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't actually make the bid and, and give them a proposal, but you should try and lay some groundwork first. Okay. So look for common interests or, or personal things that you can latch onto. Maybe it's just the tone of their project. Maybe you can sense that they feel extremely frustrated. Mention that. Say, hey, I noticed it seemed like when I was reading your job proposal or your project description that you seem fairly frustrated. And then maybe go into talking about, you know, empathizing. You know, I understand where you're coming from. You know, I've, I've worked with a lot of clients who've been in that position and I, you know, I really would like to help you out. Uh, and I'm concerned that maybe a lot of the other developers who are bidding on this project may not be as concerned about it as I would be and use that as something that you can work to your advantage. All right. So start a conversation, ask questions, be personal. Fourth is to give value. So give them something they can latch on to, try to help them in advance. So the big key to getting hired is trust. So if you think about what a portfolio is, what testimonials are, what reviews are, those are all things designed to communicate trust, how trustworthy you are, how capable of delivering you are. And they are all things that are centered around trust. Trust is the key. And so if you don't have those things, or even if you do, you can add on top of all the other stuff that you have by helping them in advance, giving them results in advance. If you give them something that they take and they go implement and it works for them in some way or another, or it's an insight that immediately strikes them that they hadn't thought of, then that's immediately going to create trust between you and them. They're immediately going to see you as someone who A, has their best interest at heart, and B, is actually capable of helping them. Now, a lot of freelancers get a little antsy when I talk about that because they've had clients who've tried to milk them for information and then take that information and just implement it themselves. There's two things on that. One, those people are probably not going to hire anybody anyway. So I wouldn't really concern yourself too much about those people because they're not someone they get that information from you. It's not like they were going to hire you in the first place. So it is what it is. Second, what I do is I give people the what. 
And if they want the how, they have to hire me. So I don't tell necessarily people step-by-step how to do something. I just give them the what, what they should do. So, you know, maybe for, for me, for building membership sites, it's you should, you know, if you're building a modular course, you should use the, you know, use a principle that I, that I use when building them, which is, you know, one module, one level. And I might explain what that is, but I don't go in and show them exactly how to set it up. I don't show them where to click and what, what pages to go into and so forth. I just tell them that concept and I explain why it's important. Right. So whatever it is that you do, you can give them the what and reserve the how for your services. At the end of the day, that's really what they're after anyway. So give them some sort of value that helps to build trust and establish your credibility. Finally, the last piece then is to show, not tell. So everybody else is telling them how great they are. Everybody else is telling them how talented, how reliable. Tell, 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 tell. The way you set yourself apart is you show them. You actually just show them what you would do. So this is something I rem- uh, learned from Ramit Sethi, who uh, runs a blog over at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. And he talks about what he calls the briefcase technique, which is when you go into some sort of interview or you're you're communicating with a client and you're going to be doing some sort of work for them to don't to not show up and just talk to them and tell them what you're going to do, but to have a briefcase with actual mock-ups or demos of what you're going to do and pull it out and say, look, these are the th- different things that I would do with your site. Here's the Here's the key issues that I've identified and here's how I would solve those. And a lot of times it'll be things that they know are problems with their website or problems with their application or problems with whatever it is you're helping them with. They'll know those things and that you identified them without them telling you will go a long way towards building trust. And then also you'll probably even identify some things they didn't think of. And that's, that's going to be something that really stands out to them. So show as much as possible, show them what you can do. Don't just tell them or talk about it. Mock-ups, demonstrations, et cetera, et cetera, to, to show them what you would actually do with your project. Again, in all the freelance sites, when you submit your proposal, you can add attachments. And so you can easily do that. You can create some mock-ups, turn it into a PDF, and then attach it. All right, so those are the five things. Start a conversation, ask questions, be personal, give value, and show, not tell. Now, I promise you, if you do those five things and you do them well, you will stick out in your client's mind. Now, they may not always hire you. It's not 100% of the time that you're going to get hired, but you'll get a lot of people who will not hire you, but thank you and say, I really appreciate everything. And the next time I need XYZ, I'm definitely looking you up. I've had that happen uh, a number of times. Now, I always think to myself, I don't know why you wouldn't just hire me, but whatever. Uh, you've, you've really created an impression with them. And I've had clients that come back the next time around and do seek me out. And that when they come back, they don't look for anybody else. They, they look just for you. They don't invite anybody else to the project. 
and now you've just earned a client a lot easier. Uh, and regardless, you're going to stick out in their mind and make it incredibly difficult for them to tell you no. All right, so again, do those five things. Start a conversation, ask questions, be personal, give value, show not tell, and then as I mentioned at the beginning, never, ever, ever use a pre-written script. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of the show. I want to thank you for listening. If you have a question you'd like to ask me, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com slash Quora, that's Q-U-O-R-A, and that will take you to my Quora profile, and you can invite me to answer your question over there, or you can tweet me at JP Morris using the hashtag JMO, I want to know, and I'll try to get your question on the show. Also, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming podcasts. And if you got value from this episode, if you could do me a favor and make sure and like it so that I know that this is the kind of content that you're after. And if you haven't yet, head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and download my free cheat sheet, 7 Strategies to Turn Your Code into Cash. All right, that'll do it for this episode. I'll talk to you next time.